In your bulletin, you have what we call uh, the GPS, the Grow, Pray, Study Guide, and we include one uh, each week based on the theme for that week, and it's a tool uh, to help you uh, reflect and, uh, and hear even more from God and then learn how you can apply the message from that particular week uh, to your life. So I invite you to take out uh, your GPS now. It includes space for you to write down anything you might like to remember from the message, as well as questions uh, for reflection. And this week's GPS also has three key phrases with a blank line uh, for each. I encourage you to fill in each blank as we go along and then to use the GPS uh, later, maybe with your family or friends or maybe in, in a small group or, or just maybe on your own in a time of personal uh, reflection so you can reflect on how God is speaking to you and how you can respond in faith. I want to encourage you to be people who uh, read the Bible and pray each day and this is a tool that will help you do that. Today we continue our series about five core principles of following Jesus. Uh, do you remember the one we focused on last week? Blank stairs. <laughs> it was only a week ago. Life is better together. Very good. Very good. Life is better together. That's foundational for us as people of Faith. God made us not to live life entirely on our own, separate from others, but God made us to share in life together. This morning we look at a second principle. Growing people change. If you like change, will you raise your hand? <laughs> I don't see very many hands <laughs> raised. We tend not to like change. It involves something new. Change can be difficult. Uh, often we'd rather keep things the same. Yet, change can also be good and healthy for us because change accompanies growth. That's true in a variety of ways. For example, I went through a growth spurt when I was in seventh grade. Uh, I, I was Really, really thin, with long arms, practically go-go gadget arms from the Inspector Gadget uh, cartoon. And my arms were, were disproportionately long. That's probably still the case. And it's like I had to grow into this lanky frame. As my body grew, my body changed. It changed so much and so quickly, I had knee pain for months related to my body growing. But that change was good. It was good for my body's overall health and development. To grow, by definition, involves change. That's true, not just physically, but also emotionally, uh, cognitively, and intellectually. As we learn, we grow. There's professional growth developing in our jobs or careers and the changes that come along with that journey. As we grow older, our bodies change. It's true even relationally as our relationships develop and grow. As we grow, part of what happens is change. At first when we hear the word change, we might inwardly recoil because we think of the hard parts associated with change. But some change is good and healthy for us. Change accompanies 
growth. Growing people uh, understand the dynamics of change and, and find ways to live into change. Growing people change their hearts and lives, for example, by acquiring new habits, breaking the addictive grip of harmful habits, and integrating their inner spiritual and mental life with outward behaviors and speech. We can leverage change for good. No matter where you may be in your life right now, whether you have likely a lot more years ahead of you than behind you, or if it seems like the other way around, I'm confident of this. You have the opportunity in at least some way to grow, to keep growing. And as you grow, to change in ways that are good and healthy from the inside out, starting in your soul, spiritually. Jesus used many farming metaphors to teach the people of his day about the spiritual life. He talked about the seed of the gospel falling on rocky soil and good soil. He described himself as the vine and his people as the branches who need to remain in him and connected to him. And he said the potential harvest of new disciples or followers of Jesus is plentiful if we will share the good news with those around us. The New Testament letters to early churches also use agricultural ideas. For example, Paul wrote that we reap what we sow. He talked about planting and watering new congregations. And he said growing Christians should be like healthy trees producing fruit as evidence of their growth. The graphic for our worship series you see up on the screen and on your bulletin cover shows the inner core of a tree. It's, it's an image of something uh, strong and solid, something that helps us understand what it means to be alive and growing, and something that can endure through different seasons and over time. You and I can learn to be like healthy trees, deeply rooted, strong, and bearing good fruit. For that to happen, we need to grow. That means doing our part and growing in our faith. Here's a video that makes the point well. Good morning, Reagan. Good morning. Good morning, Madison. Good morning, Johanna. Good morning, Good morning. Johnny. People are always asking me why. Why do the same thing every year? Why not move on? But I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Johnny? Present. I'm comfortable. I know the routine. United States of America. And I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty popular around here. I do really well in sports. No! No, not my house! Well, I'm just very successful here. Why would I go and mess that up by graduating? B. I mean, in the first grade, I may not know all the answers. D, D, dog. E, the hours are longer. I hear they don't even have nap time. I mean, I just don't see the upside. Then first grade leads to second grade, second to third. 
Then you're in high school reading boring books with no pictures. Still hungry. Next thing you know, people expect you to get a job and give up summer vacation. <laughs> no, sir. I think I found my niche. Thank you very much. Home sweet kindergarten. Besides, I mean, what if I failed first grade? How humiliating would that be? No, oh, just don't think I could handle that kind of embarrassment. And sometimes better watch you. That was not a good choice. I'm very disappointed. So that's a, a humorous look at actually what's a very serious point that God calls us uh, to grow spiritually, uh, not to stay at the same place, not to stay at the same level, uh, where it's comfortable, where we know the routine. Where, where we feel like we've got it down, let's just stay here. No, no. The life of faith is a life of continually trusting God and taking the next step of faith and growing. And God wants us to keep growing, every one of us. Our reading for this morning tells us three things about how you and I can grow as people of faith. Uh, first, you've been made for maturity, made for maturity. Oops, we can go back one. There we are. Thank you. Uh, Peter writes, like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Uh, here the Greek phrase uh, for, for grow up is, is the standard term for the desirable growth of children. Newborn babies regularly crave milk. They need to eat every two uh, to three hours. Sometimes that's still not enough. Proper nutrition is essential uh, to a baby's uh, development and health. For every one of us, hunger and thirst are a basic part of life. We hunger and thirst, not just physically, but spiritually too. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. God has made you for maturity. Don't settle for anything less. Jesus invites you to come to him, to trust in him, and your connection to him is what enables you to grow and thrive. For that to happen, you have a part to play. And that is for you uh, to feed your desire for spiritual growth. Uh, feed your desire for spiritual growth. We have all kinds of desires, don't we? Uh, the world around us might suggest that we should immediately act on all our desires. Just give in to them right away. Yet, if we did that... Think of what would happen. We'd inevitably harm ourselves and likely others. What's needed is restraint, not just immediate indulgence, but restraint and wisdom to distinguish between good and healthy desires and those that aren't. 
If I have a desire to take advantage of someone in a given situation, that's not a desire I should feed. That's a desire I should starve. In the words, uh, right before our reading this morning, Peter says, Rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. He says, get rid of all that. Don't let that take root within you. Those are examples of desires we shouldn't feed and give into, but rather we should starve. And yet there are other desires that are worth feeding. Your desire to grow closer to God is certainly one of them. Peter writes, desire the pure milk of God's word, nourished by it. You will grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. There's, there's a desire uh, deep within us. Our hearts are searching, and you know what that's like. And so does, I believe, every single person. Whether or not they would state it in spiritual terms, you and I and they know that desire of a heart that's searching, that's longing for more, something that endures, something that actually brings peace, not just a fleeting sense of it, something we can hold on to, something that's true. We long for more. And these are spiritual realities. When you get a taste of God's goodness, you begin to realize, this is what I long for. This peace, this purpose, this wholeness. I want more. We don't even have to be able to understand it fully to know that it's true. You've had a taste of God. Now drink deep of God's pure kindness. Then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. And that implies a daily process of growth. Every day when I wake up, many of you have heard me say this before, I, I get down on my knees and I kneel beside my bed and and I say a, a, a simple prayer, something like this. Thank you, Lord, for this new day. I trust you. Once again, I offer my life to you. Help me live for you today, Jesus. And you know, there are some mornings I don't feel like praying that prayer. There are some mornings when, you know, maybe I'm still tired. Maybe, maybe I'd rather not face the day because of what's ahead, the challenges, or just all that there is to do. But in saying it anyway, I realize how God uses that prayer to set the tone for the day, and it increases my desire to live for God. I find this to be unfailingly true, that, that in, in praying, in, in, and this is true for, for the various spiritual disciplines, in hearing from God, in the scriptures, in coming to worship, in going to serve. We may not always feel like doing it, but when we do it unfailingly, what we find is our desire increases. Our desire increases. 
And, and maybe you're not physically able to kneel to do a prayer like this in the morning. And that's, that's okay. As someone told me recently, I, I can't kneel by my bed because of, because of bad knees, but I still pray a prayer like that every morning, first thing, and it makes a difference. It makes a difference. You can be nourished spiritually through daily practices of faith by serving God and others. And those are, are ways we, we grow and we become more fully alive in Jesus. You have that desire to grow within you, in your soul. When we feed our healthy desires, those desires increase. Feed your desire for spiritual growth. And that leads us to a third point. The Lord is building your life for an eternal purpose. Building your life. Each of us has only one life to live. It's a gift. How can you build your life well? Trust in the one who gives you life. Trust the one who gives you life. Peter tells us, as you come to Jesus, the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And one of the remarkable points that is being made there is this. Peter's not just writing to pastors. He's not just saying, you who are pastors will have your lives built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering acceptable sacrifices to God through Jesus Christ. No, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to everybody who follows Jesus. He's talking to you. And he's saying you, as you come to Jesus, as you trust in him, you will have your life built into a spiritual house the Lord will build your life into a spiritual house so that you can do something eternally significant with your life. And that is to offer to God sacrifices that are acceptable to him. The sacrifice of your life. The sacrifice of your heart, as you heard me say to the kids earlier. Your heart is the most precious thing you have. And you can offer that to whatever or to whomever you want and at a basic level, if you're following Jesus, what you're saying is, Jesus, I am giving my heart to you. I'm offering as a sacrifice my heart, the seat of my emotions, the center of my life, the place where my desires are formed and shaped. I'm offering that to you, Jesus, as a sacrifice. I am yours. And see, Jesus was not just a good person or teacher. He, he was that, but he's so much more. Jesus is our Savior and Lord of all. A title of unique authority and power. Jesus came to bring us God. And he shows us who God really is. Jesus also shows us what it means to be truly human God has called us out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's what we see 
in Jesus. He is the cornerstone, the foundation, the solid rock. Jesus is building the church. You can be sure of that. It's his church. He's building the church, and he's building your life. As you trust in him, he's building your life. And what he wants to know, what he wants you to know, rather, is that your life matters. That that he came into this world for you. That he laid down his life of eternal significance. The greatest name of all. The greatest life of all. The one true life. Jesus laid down his life for you and for me. Your life matters. You have a purpose. You have a calling from God. And it's a high calling that points to eternity. As I've learned and grown over the years, and, and I've got so much more growing to do, I've come to appreciate the wisdom of those who have gone before us, especially those of mature faith. Think about the, the people in your life that, who, have, who, have, who have shown a deep and mature faith, those who have gone before you. Think about how their legacy still speaks, how you can learn more about a life that matters, a well-built life, by following in their example. And we can apply that same principle and go back even generations to the lives of people we never encountered literally, but, but through their words, through what they've left us in the sense we encounter them. And I think of a man named Thomas Adam, an 18th century writer. I was reading his, his words last week, and it struck me how, how well he states what this, this calling that we all have to be growing people in Christ, what this calling means for you and, and for me and how we can live into it. And he, he lived in the 18th century, but listen, listen to these words and how they speak to us today. He wrote, he wrote this, love the Lord Jesus in sincerity. Love him more that you may be more happy in him and taste more of his love. Make communion with him and access to him the delight of your soul and the great end for which you live. Love his commands because they are his and then not one of them will be grievous. Love his friends because they are such and his enemies to wish and make them his friends. I hear those words and I think, that's a growing faith. That's what I want more and more in my heart and in my life. How are you growing in your faith today? You've been made for maturity. Feed your spiritual hunger, your desire for spiritual growth. Feed that above all. And the Lord is building your life for an eternal purpose. Growing people change. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you've made it possible for us to taste and see that you are good. By your Holy Spirit, stir a passion in our hearts for you and for your kingdom. Help us grow 
to be all you have created and called us to be for your honor and glory. And if there are any here right now carrying a particular burden, in these moments, Lord, may they meet with you. May they encounter you. Would you reveal your goodness and your mercy and grace to them and to us all? As Jesus taught us, now we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Sins as we've